This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Demarest, CPA with Parm Ellison Associates. So most shops right now are, are busier than they have ever been, but it's still very important to know what your break-even point is. Do you know how much in sales you need to cover your expenses? This week, we're going to kind of get into that on how we analyze this, what numbers we need to figure this out, and kind of just a general idea on some of the intricacies of this and what kind of trips people up. But before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Why wait to order parts until the car is in your shop? With Shopware, you can see if you're short on a certain part before you open the RO and pre-order so you never have to wait. GetShopware.com. As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential. Please visit them at RepairShopOfTomorrow.com. Have you ever had a month in sales where you feel that you did pretty well, but your bank account has the exact same amount in it? Well, you just inadvertently found out what your break-even point is. A break-even point is just that, right? It's how much in sales you need to pay your people, pay your vendors, and cover your overhead. It's essentially the bare minimum. This is what your shop needs to bring in on a monthly basis just to keep the lights on. Right, break even as we're breaking even there. Our income is equally in our expenses. We have nothing left over. We're not making any money. We're not losing any money. And this is really important for, you know, tough times when things are slow. Hey, what do I need just to kind of get by here? Um, you know, it's also something that you need to figure out if you're starting a new location or maybe you're just trying to grow your business. Hey, how do I stop burning? How do I stop bleeding money? What do my sales need to be in order to cover that? But how do we figure out what that number is? You know, a lot of people have a number in their back of their mind. And I talk to a lot of my shops about this. And, you know, sometimes they'll ask me, hey, hunt, can we do a break-even analysis? Or, hey, you know what, hunt, I did a break-even analysis, but it's not working, right? I thought I needed $60,000 in sales or $80,000 in sales, but I just hit $80,000 in sales and I lost money. So did I do this wrong? Did I miss something here or what? So what we're going to do here is we're going to kind of break down in real numbers on how you figure out what your break-even point is. And with this exercise, you should be able to do this for your own shop to either set a break-even target if you don't have one or verify if you did it the correct way. The two numbers that you're going to need to figure this out is you're going to need to know what your gross profit percentage is and you're going to need to know what your monthly fixed expenses are. Let's start with gross profit percentage. And for those of you that do not know what gross profit percentage is, gross profit percentage is the percentage of sales that are left over after you have paid your direct cost. So after you paid your parts vendor, after you paid your technicians, after you paid your shop supplies, sublet, and uh, in this situation, service advisor as well. Now, quick caveat there on service advisor. I know that some people look at service advisor as a cost of goods sold, which means that it would be in a gross profit percentage calculation. Other people look at it as an expense. Um, there's other probably smaller accounts in there that, again, have some argument. Is this a cost of goods sold or is this a fixed expense? At the end of the day, you need to either use it in your gross profit percentage calculation or your fixed expenses calculation. You know, for something like service advisor or some of these other smaller uh, expenses on here or cost of goods sold, 
It's not as important if it's a gross profit item or if it's an expense item. You just got to make sure that you count it on one or the other and definitely don't count it in both. And obviously don't ignore it for either of those. So don't get too hung up on some of the intricate details. If you use it for gross profit, don't use it for fixed expenses. If you didn't use it for fixed expenses, make sure you use it for gross profit. I always like to use my QuickBook numbers on this, not my point of sale numbers. The reason of why I always like to use my QuickBooks figures for my gross profit is your QuickBooks figures are going to be a lot more accurate. I always tell people this, your shop management software is what you think you're making, whether that's in you know profit or gross profit. QuickBooks is actually what you received. That's what you actually paid out. And one of the biggest areas of discrepancies here is your labor gross profit. Obviously, there's some, you know, we've talked about this in past episodes. There's times where your parts gross profit is not going to be accurate. Now, it should be pretty darn close within a couple percentage points unless something is going wrong. But your labor gross profit percentage in your shop management software is probably really inaccurate if you haven't already messed with it. The reason why your labor gross profit is inaccurate in your shop management software is not a knock on your shop management software, right? We love shopware. They, you know, sponsor us, they support us here. And, you know, this is not to throw any of them under the bus or any of the other ones under the bus, but they don't know exactly how you're paying people. They don't know how much vacation, they don't know what kind of benefits they have. And so their calculations in their labor gross profit are just estimates, right? They're what you think that you're paying your technician. They don't know that technician has a guarantee. They don't know that that technician didn't flag any hours, but you actually paid them this week because he was on vacation. Um, and then, you know, even in a normal week, a shop management software is not going to factor in inefficiencies. It's not going to factor in payroll taxes or other benefits. So this is why, unless you have messed with this, that I'm always going to use my QuickBooks figures. Now, in a perfect world, when you look at your gross profit in your shop management software and you compare it to QuickBooks, they're dead on. You can use either of those. That is very, very uncommon. So I almost always start on the financials. Another thing here is that I always look at a gross profit as a percentage, not as a dollar figure. The reason is, is let's say that I, instead of using a percentage, I'm using a dollar figure hey, my gross profit is averaging $50,000 a month. That is only relevant if my sales are staying exactly the same. If my sales are higher and my sales are lower, that target now goes out the window because obviously gross profit is very closely tied to sales. So instead, we're always going to use a percentage when we're looking at our gross profit, especially for this exercise. Because instead of using $50,000 of gross profit, I use 50% gross profit as my target. That's still relevant if my sales are at 50,000, my sales are at 150,000. It's, you know, directly relatable to any different kind of sales level. All right. Let's kind of, you know, put that into real numbers here that kind of, you know, hammers this point home a little bit more. Let's say that your sales for the month are $100,000 and you add up all of your parts, all of your tech payroll, shop supplies, service advisor payroll, and you come up with $50,000 of cost of goods sold. So we have $100,000 in sales, $50,000 in cost of goods sold, which is going to leave us with $50,000 in gross profit, or in other words, 50% gross profit margin. Another way to think about this is for every $100 that you sell, 50% of that's going to be left over to pay expenses. 
The other 50% is going to your direct cost, technicians, parts, etc. 50% is generally a pretty good target for shops. Uh, doesn't apply to everyone, might not apply to your shop, but if you're around a 50% margin, in most cases, you're going to be doing pretty darn well. This is a really important number here because this is really what is going to drive all of your actions of the business. You know, shift your mindset on this. We don't care about sales. We care about gross profit. So that $100 in sales that comes in there, I don't care about that 100 because I'm only left over with $50 after I pay my direct costs. This is why gross profit is so important, because if you had a 30% gross profit margin, that same $100,000 in sales is only going to give you $30 in gross profit. If you had a 70% gross profit margin, that same $100 is now going to give you $70 in gross profit. That's why gross profit percentage is so important. And you can see how it goes up extremely quickly, even with small tweaks or percentages here kind of wanted to quickly go through that gross profit percentage. A lot of you probably understand that. Great. If you didn't, hopefully that was a little refresher to you on how we calculate it, why it's important, etc. So now that we know this gross profit percentage, we need to calculate our other figure. Our other figure is going to be our monthly operating expenses, or another term for this is your monthly fixed cost. What are your monthly operating expenses or what are your monthly fixed costs? Essentially, this is everything else that you pay for in your business, right? This is your advertising. This is your insurance. This is your rent. This is your admin payroll. This is your office payroll. You know, and again, I can't stress this enough. You know, if you're sitting here thinking, well, hon, is this a fixed expense or is this a cost of goods sold? Then remember, did you use in your cost of goods sold or your gross profit calculation in the previous step? Well, no. Then, yeah, this is going to be a fixed expense. And vice versa. Yeah, I already factored that into my gross profit percentage. Then obviously don't use it for fixed expense. All right. One of the things on here that I want to have kind of a quick little sidebar on here is officer payroll. Officer payroll. This is one thing that is, you know, often kind of argued about is do I include my officer payroll in my break even analysis or do I not include my officer payroll? I always use officer payroll in there if you're working in the business. Because just because you own the business is not an excuse not to get paid, right? Hey, you make $60,000 a year. That's your base salary. Would you show up to a job if they weren't going to pay you any money? No. And you don't want to have a business that's not going to be able to support you either. So I'm almost always going to put the officer pay in there because I want to build my business to be able to support that salary and to be able to pay it on a consistent basis. Now, an extreme example here where I probably would make some adjustments or maybe even not include it altogether is let's say that you make $150,000 a year in wages and you never have to be there. You really don't do much at all. Then I probably wouldn't use that full amount. Right. Maybe I'll bring it down and say, you know what? A realistic salary for what I'm doing is more like 60,000. So for the break even perspective, I'm only going to use 6,000 instead of my 150. Now, you know, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of if you're making 150,000 on wages, you're probably paying yourself too much, you know, wasting money and payroll taxes. But everyone's situation is a little bit unique. And really, even on this one, in a lot of cases, I'm probably still going to leave that $150,000 in wages in there because this is how you want to build your business. Hey, you want $150,000 in wages out of your business? All right, well, then let's set targets to be able to achieve that. 
if you want $150,000 of wages out of your business and you only, you know, set targets to hit 60,000, you're never going to be able to cover this. Think about that, you know, and, and make sure that you kind of keep that in mind. There's probably other personal expenses that are running through your business. Well, no one would ever run personal expenses through their business, but we'll call those discretionary expenses that run down through there. So keep those in mind, right? Because those are going to increase your monthly fixed expenses. But again, just like I said here, hey, if you want the business to be able to support those expenses and pay for that, then you need to make sure that it's included so you can set your sales target accordingly. We all have bad days where we just turn to someone and ask, how the heck do I fix this? When that happens to you on the business side, which may not be your strong suit, you want someone quick and you want them to be clear. That's exactly what Dan Groen from Detroit Garage found when he peppered the folks at Shopware with questions about how to make the most of its shop management system. As he puts it, they continually solve the curveballs that we throw at them. With seven shops, Dan jokes that he is a demanding client, but that is a sign of a guy committed to his business. Even better, the Shopware support team met every challenge with, in Dan's words, impressive capabilities and vigor. No complaints, no hassles, just a commitment to help Dan through his day. As Dan says, we make each other stronger. Now that's a partnership that works. It is time. Visit GetShopware.com. As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care coaching and marketing program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential by utilizing their industry-leading learning management system. Repair Shop of Tomorrow have produced over 50 learning modules to provide continuing education for shop owners, service advisors, and technicians. Their learning management system allows all employees to learn exactly what the owner is learning on their own time. Training modules such as Repair Order Workflow, Advisor Huddle, Business Flowchart, and Driving Profitability helps ensure everyone in the shop knows what the right looks like and understand their responsibilities inside the organization. When the team is all operating with the same playbook, the results are remarkable. For more information about their programs, please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. Now that we know what our weekly or now that we know what our monthly fixed expense is or the definition behind it, how do we figure out what that is? So the easiest way to do this is to take a look at your profit or loss statement and look for a line that says total expenses. If your accounts are set up correctly or you're one of our clients, you'll notice that your cost of goods sold and gross profit are already split out to do this exercise extremely easily. And every other expense of your business is now going to be down in your expense category. So you're going to have a nice, easy, clean line called total expenses. Now, one thing to keep in mind here is do not look at just one month. By the time that you're listening to this, it's going to be midway through September. Do not go and just look at August and use August as your figure. The reason is, is we have things that happen in a month. Maybe you had to pay your property tax bill. Maybe you had a worker's comp audit. Maybe your expenses were actually really low for that month. I never, never, never like to do this on just one month of data. Even two months of data, even three months of data is, in my opinion, not enough to get a good average. If I'm sitting here in September and I want to do this exercise for my business, I want to take at least six months of information. And ideally, we're all caught up and I can use January through August figures. 
Because by allowing me to take a look at the average over eight months, some of these swings up and down are going to be averaged out, right? We're going to have some high expense months. We're going to have some low expense months. But over the course of eight months, we should have a very good average. You know, some of those bigger swings up, some of those one-time payments are now going to kind of be leveled out. And again, if you had returns or other income or something like that that's pulling it down, those will also kind of be normalized as well. The same advice goes for gross profit also. You know, don't take a look at just what you did for August in gross profit or just what you did in July for gross profit. Try and take a larger sample size where possible. Try to use at least six months. Usually rule of thumb here is if I'm in the first quarter of a year, I'm probably not even going to use this year's figures. I'm going to take the average of the, you know, last year, you know, the 12 months of the previous year. Um, You know, if I'm sitting here mid-year, you know, end of third quarter, I'm going to use the first six, eight months of the year, you know, but just as much information as you can. Now, only caveat on this is if you've made major changes to your business, then that needs to be taken into consideration, right? If you're sitting here thinking, well, Hunt, you know what? My rent actually tripled in April. Then, yeah, I'm not going to use anything before April because it's not relevant to what I'm doing right now. You know, again, all of these things look very simple on surface, but some of these kind of little intricacies could be why you have already set targets that don't really make sense or aren't adding up for you because you're using too small of a sample size. So just kind of to you know get a quick example here is, let's say that I took a look at my fixed expenses for my imaginary shop here, and I see that I have $240,000 of fixed expenses through August. So January through August, I spent about $240,000 on fixed expenses. I would divide that by eight, And now I get a monthly fixed expense average of $30,000. Again, my number is not going to be the same as yours. Use this information, calculate this on your own. But once you have these figures, what do we do with these? So let's put these to use, right? We got our gross profit percentage where, you know, my shop is running a 50% gross profit. And I know my monthly fixed costs are $30,000. What we need to do here is we're using our gross profit percentage and our monthly fixed cost uh, dollars to figure out what our sales need to be in order to cover these expenses or break even. So what I need to do is I need to take my fixed cost number, which is 30,000, and divide that by my gross profit percentage of 50%. So, you know, a little quick algebra lesson here, but if you need to divide by a percentage, You can't just divide by 50%. That doesn't make any sense. What you would do is you would actually put that into decimal form. So 50% becomes 0.5. And so what we would do is we would take 30,000, divide that by 0.5, which gives us $60,000. What is that $60,000, Hunt? That 60,000 is your break-even target. That's the sales that you need to cover your expenses, to make payroll, to pay your parts vendors, and to make sure that you can keep the lights on in the building. So this means if I have $60,000 in sales, 50% of that will go to my techs, service advisors, and vendors, which will leave me with $30,000 of gross profit, right? 50% of our sales go to gross profit, 50% go to cost of goods sold. So with this $30,000 of gross profit dollars, I can pay my overhead, which is also $30,000, which leaves me with zero nothing left over, right? Done. We have our break-even numbers. There's nothing that we need to do. Not so fast, right? 
we didn't start this business. You didn't start this business. No one started a business to cover their own expenses. Who wakes up and goes into your shop and says, you know what? I'm here just to cover my expenses. It's hard enough to be self-employed. It's stressful enough to be self-employed and you know, specifically work in this industry. Who wants to not make any money doing this? So what we really need to do is we need to throw that break-even number out the window. You know, I didn't want to kind of uh, spoil the lead here, but if someone ever asked me what their break-even number is, I always yell at them and say, why do we care about that, right? Why are we setting a target to break even? Let's set a target that's going to give us our desired profit that we need and also cover our loan payments, right? If your business has debt, that's not factored into any of those numbers. In order to pay debt, you need to make profit because profit is what pays debt because those debt payments are not actually expenses for your business. Those are what you do with your profits. What we're going to do here is we're going to run through an example on how we can you know, build the same idea and the same target, but to figure out how much money or how much sales we need to not only cover our expenses, but cover our loan payments and cover our desired profit. So in order to do this, all you need to do is you need to add your monthly loan payments and desired profits to your monthly operating expenses and redo your calculation. It's fairly simple, but I'm going to go down through an example for, you know, again, my hypothetical shop here. Let's say that we still have that same $30,000 in monthly expenses. I have $5,000 worth of loan payments, plus I want to make another $15,000 in profit. So now all in between my expenses, my loan payments, and my you know desired profit, I need $50,000 of gross profit to cover these. So what I'm going to do is the same thing that I did before. Instead of taking 30,000 divided by 0.5, I'm now going to take 50,000 and divide that 0.5. That gives me a sales figure of $100,000. I know that if I have $100,000 in sales for the month, 50,000 of that's going to go to my tax service advisor and parts vendors and going to leave me with $50,000 left over. 30,000 of that is going to go to pay my operating expenses, but I still have 20,000 left over. 5,000 of that's going to go to my loan payments, which leaves me with my desired profit of 15,000. You know, this is kind of the, um, you know, flow of the conversation when I'm talking to shops is they ask for a break even figure. I'll give it to them. But then I say, we're not done here, right? How much do you want to make? What is your dream? What is your business really going to look like if it's operating how you want it to be? You know, and then we end up coming up with, you know, what a lot of people call here a win number, right? This is not to be confused with a break even. A win number is a sales level in order to provide the profit that we want, cover our loan payments, and obviously cover our operating expenses. You know, we aren't in business to break even. I have some shops that break even. I have some shops that choose to break even, but most people want to make profit. They want to provide a good life for themselves, their team, you know, and everyone else that depends on this. You know, a wise man once told me profit is not a four letter word. It's not a dirty secret of a business owner. There is way too many people out there that feel like, you know what? I'm making profit here. I'm making a lot of money and I feel guilty. I shouldn't be charging my customers this much. I should be paying my employees more. But profit allows you to buy new equipment. If you don't have profit, you're not going to be able to afford new equipment because you're breaking even. There's no money left over. Profit allows you to provide more benefits to your team, right? If you're barely covering your expenses or matching your expenses right now, how are you going to afford to add health insurance to your team? How are you going to afford to offer maybe more holidays? 
How are you going to offer retirement options for your team? And, you know, in today's market, how are you going to afford to pay your team more if you're only covering what you're, they're making right now? You know, profit also allows you to have cash reserves so that your business can grow, prosper, and so that you can keep on taking care of your customers, your employees, and everyone else that depends on your business. Don't think of profit as, hey, this is me getting greedy. This is me making, you know, money. Well, I guess it is, right? You know, you need to be a little greedy sometimes because this greed allows you to have cash reserves. This greed actually doesn't only benefit you, but this is going to benefit your employees in the long term. You know, if you're running your business and it's breaking even, you have no cash reserves. When times get tough, you might have to lay people off. You know, hey, sorry, uh, Sam, we just don't have any work for you this week. You know, I'm maybe not going to be able to put food on your table. Going to have to let you go. Going to have to put you on furlough. You know, again, and a lot of people say, well, you know what, hon, I'm not here to make a ton of profit. I'm here to take care of my customers. Well, if you don't have cash reserves and time get tough and you go out of business, are you really taking care of your customers? Are you really taking care of your community? No, you need to make sure that your business is healthy. You have, you know, a healthy personal financial situation so that not only your business can prosper, but your team, your customers and everyone else. That was a lot to get into. You know, hopefully it kind of gave you a little bit uh, different way to look at this stuff or a little bit different way to calculate this. But tune in next week when we're going to talk about now that you have this new sales target, what to do with it, how to analyze this for yourself, your service advisor and your technicians. So I hope this was helpful. Again, I always ask this, but if you think someone else needs to hear this or maybe they don't want to hear this, but you think they need to hear this, please share this with friends. Uh, if you have any questions, comments or ideas for future episodes, or want to be on a future episode, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. So thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listening app. So thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.